In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we read the story uh, in John chapter 9, the story of the man who was born blind and how Christ granted him his sight. Um, afterward, uh, Christ was speaking to the people and he said uh, that he came so that those who do not see may see, and so that those who may see may be made blind. What does that mean? The Pharisees asked him, they asked him, are we blind also? And he responded to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. What does Christ mean when he is saying to them that if you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say we see, therefore your sin remains? A person who has blindness, who acknowledges their blindness, who acknowledges their, their, their foolishness, who acknowledges their mistakes, who acknowledges that they are struggling to do what is right, to such a person... God can heal. God can work with them. God can find a solution for them. God will forgive them and work with them in their life. But to a person who refuses to acknowledge that they have any kind of blindness, that they make, they make any kind of error, any kind of mistake in their life, such a person cannot be healed. This is why the blind man, when Christ asked him, to, or when, when Christ asked him if he wants to be healed, he told him to do something. He told him to, to, to go and wash in the pool. Right? This, was, this was an action that the, the blind man could do, that the Lord asked him to do. But if someone does not acknowledge their blindness, if someone does not believe that they have any blindness at all, and the Lord goes and asks them to do what they did, what he asked the blind man to do to be healed, he would reject such a teaching. He would say, no, I don't need this because I, I am not blind. So one problem that we have in our society um, in general is that we struggle to see. And just like the Pharisees, we believe that we can see. The world believes that they can see clearly with a clear vision. The world believes that they have a superior moral standard. The world believes that it is enlightened in culture and law and philosophy and science. But despite all of this enlightenment, this supposed enlightenment that the world believes that they have, we are like in a downward spiral in our society. Everything continues to get more difficult. Everything continues to get more painful. Everything continues to get worse even though we are saying that maybe more than any other time in human history, we are at the pinnacle of enlightenment. So I want to speak a little bit about this idea of the causes of blindness. Blindness as of a society as a whole, our entire society. The only way that we can receive healing from the Lord, both on a personal level and at the level of a society, is for us to acknowledge that there's something lacking. There's something that we're missing. There's something that we can't see. And so we first admit our blindness so that we can be healed. But as the Lord said to the Pharisees, because we say that we see, our sin remains. So what are some causes of blindness? Um, the first is we can be blinded by the lack of self-reflection, right? Even though we have more knowledge, for instance, about psychology than we've ever had before, maybe we are ignorant of ourselves. Maybe we don't really understand our motivations, our desires. We don't understand our passions. We don't understand what it is that drives us, what is it that makes us to do what it is we do. Society operates without the benefit of any Christian worldview, right? They believe that in a materialistic world that is only the here and now, only the, the present, only the physical that we can see. And so they don't see anything beyond this life. This life is everything. Everything that is exalted is here in this life. So we find maybe what is we, would we consider to be the best that we have here, and we exalt this, and we elevate this, and we honor this. But we don't see that this world has been corrupted. We don't see that the world is full of sin and wickedness. In Genesis 6-5, it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
So as Christians, we acknowledge the evil. As Christians, we acknowledge the weakness. As, as, as Christians, we look for salvation from, from this sin that is in us. And this is what makes us able to see, because we reflect, we look at ourselves, and we say, this is who I am. This is the reality of the situation, is that I have been corrupted, is that I have wickedness in my heart, and that I need salvation, that I need the Savior, I need the Lord to come and to save. So when the Lord comes and He offers salvation, we accept Him with open arms, because we realize that we are lacking, that we need something that we don't have. This is, this is what makes the Christian life livable, because we, we look at ourselves and find sin, yes, but at the same time, we find hope in the Lord who saves us from our sin. But the world does not see this. The world does not have this worldview. The world has a, a type of self-righteousness. They, they, they assume that each one is perfect in of themselves, and we only look on the outside to criticize others. How is it that we can judge another? This whole idea of the cancel culture that we've been talking about um, a lot in the media and so on in our society, cancel culture is a product of a lack of self-understanding. Because it's easy for me to point to others and to say, well, because you made a mistake or you said something you shouldn't have said, then that means I will cancel you. I will remove you from history. I will destroy you in whatever way that I can. I will ruin your reputation. I will do anything that I can to destroy you. But what about myself? What is it that I am, in, uh, what, what is it that I am deserving? When the Lord calls us not to judge one another, St. Paul says in Romans chapter 2, and do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? We who are judging the other, and we ourselves are practicing the same thing that we are judging. Are we to escape the judgment of God? This is the first type of blindness, a blindness that is coming from a lack of self-reflection. When I don't look at myself and I don't know myself or who I am, it's easy for me to point at everyone else around me and to find flaws and errors in everyone but myself. The second cause of blindness is that we are blinded by a self-created moral standard. The moral standard in the world is created by man. It is ever-changing from generation to generation and even from year to year. People in society decide, seemingly by, 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 by just consensus, what is right and what is wrong. And things that could have been right for years and years and years are suddenly declared to be wrong, and they were wrong all along, even though we didn't realize it. And now suddenly things that had been considered to be wrong all along are suddenly considered to be right. And who decides this? Society decides. There is no other lawgiver or moral standard giver except for what the people think and what the people believe. And so the problem with this is that we are constantly changing. We are always changing all the time. What is it that we believe? There is an ever more complex set of rules that people have to abide by to be considered to be uh, right in the world. And if we do not abide by such principles, then we are considered to be wrong or bigots or racists or whatever it might be. And while people are pursuing these ever more complicated and ever more refined, according to their understanding, definitions of morality, the fundamental principles of morality that God gave us have been ignored. What is it, the principles of morality, the, the fundamental virtues that God has called us to live by? Things like kindness, forgiveness, patience, real tolerance of others, right? Real love for others. All those things, those, these, these core principles of morality that God has given us are now considered unimportant. How often do we speak about being kind to one another in the social discourse? There is no kindness in the social discourse. There is no forgiveness in the social discourse. There is only hatred. There is only attacks. There is only trying to prove points. 
There is only self-defense. There is, there's no apologies. There's no admission of wrong. None of the things that actually God calls us for in terms of a moral standard do we find in the, in the world anymore. And so this, even while people believe themselves to be very, very righteous in themselves, it reminded me of a verse in the book of Judges. In Judges 21, 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And this is certainly the, the, the kind of the world that we live in. The, every, everyone who has rejected God's standard of morality, everyone does whatever is right in their own eyes. And this standard is not even applied equally, right? Certain people who are the favorites, certain people who are the powerful, certain people whom uh, the people want them to be in power are treated in one way, and other people who have different beliefs, who have different understanding, who have different values are treated in a different way. Even this standard, this self-created moral standard of the world is not applied evenly or uniformly for everyone. So this is, creates blindness. Why? Because it is easy for me to create a law for myself. If I create a law for myself, I can follow that law because I am the creator of the law. And because the law can change so easily, if I decide one day that, this, that, I, that I want to live a different way than before, I simply change my law. And now I am always conforming to the law, and I always believe myself to be a, a righteous person because no matter what I do, I'm always doing according to my own standard. This is the problem with creating our own system of law. But when you say, what is the law of God? God's law is unchangeable does not change, regardless of what century it is. It does not change, and it is applied equally to everyone. There are not certain people that have a free pass when other people do not. Even among his own apostles, like Judas, for instance, he was condemned by the same law. There was no favorites. There was no you know, people who were exempted right, from this law. So when we create our own moral standard, we are fooling ourselves. We are blinded because we look at, our, at this and say, look, I'm following my own law. Well, who said that your own law is the actual law, right? It's something you invented. A third reason of blindness could be that we are blinded by a sense of self-victimization. In the church of Corinth, they had a problem with divisions, right? They were divided among themselves. And so the people... Instead of being forgiving to one another whenever they would wrong one another, instead of trying to find compromise, instead of trying to reconcile whenever there was some kind of conflict, right, and trying to find a, a loving solution, right, instead they would go and take each other to court. Okay, they would take each other to court. And St. Paul rebuked this practice. And he said to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, says, Now therefore it is an already an utter failure for you to go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? You know, maybe we think about this concept, you know, and, and, and according to the, the standard of the world, seems so foreign to us. You know, who, 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 who lives like this? You know, if somebody wrongs me, if somebody takes away my right, the first thought that would come to the, to the mind is, I'm going to sue this person. You, I'm going to attack you. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to do something, right? But here St. Paul is saying what? For the sake of unity, for the sake of peace, you know, why not even accept to be wrong? Here he's speaking about in the church, right? Speaking among the, those among in the body of Christ. Why do we fight and quarrel against one another in the church and not have reconciliation with one another? But you can think about it in a broader context as well. You say, like, in the world, people have become so sensitive to being a victim in some way. Anyone whose rights have been impinged by anyone for any reason at any level, 
feels like they are a victim and feels like they have a right to retaliate against whoever it is was the perpetrator, whoever did this to them. So society teaches us now that we should demand rights, but even through means, really any means necessary, whether it be hatred or violence or destruction of property or destruction of reputation, that if somebody harms me in some way, it's almost like I have you know, a free pass to do anything I want to them at all in the name of you, 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 you infringed on my rights, or you did something that, that you know, harmed me or in, in, in some way. Who will be the first one to restore relationships in our world? In the world, who is going to be the one who, who makes the first step for reconciliation with anyone? Really, it's, 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 it will not happen. It will not happen because we, as long as people have this, this self-victimization mentality, no one is ever going to take the step and say, you know what, even though you insulted me, even though you hurt me, even though you did something or said something against me, I'm still going to show you love. I'm still going to show you kindness. I'm going to forgive you for what you did. There will never be anything to start this process unless someone begins, right? Just as the Lord did. The Lord did not wait for us to be good or wait for us to be kind of acceptable in terms of our moral behavior before he came and took a step of salvation for us. He offered himself to us even when we did not deserve such a thing. And this is the moral principles of Christianity. It's for us to initiate love. We are always the initiators, right? God is not speaking about how we receive love. He's speaking about how we initiate love. How is it that I can be an initiator? Not based on the actions of others, but based on the principle of love, based on the, the Lord Jesus Christ living inside of each one of us. So this is another way for us to be blinded, is through self-victimization. Instead of seeing my own moral obligations toward others, I, all I care about is how is it you hurt me, and focusing on myself. A fourth uh, cause of blindness is that we are blinded by lust for power, sensuality, and wealth. In the world, we are blinded by, by our goals, our society, blinded by these goals, power, sensuality, and wealth, and we're willing to do anything to attain them. People are, this is, this is the ultimate goal. People are willing to do anything to attain these goals. Um, in 2 Corinthians 12, St. Paul says, For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults, all these things that he is saying, when I come to you, this is what I'm going to find. I'm going to find jealousies. I'm going to find outbursts of wrath. I'm going to find selfish ambition. I'm going to find all of these things in you because these are, this is what categorizes our society, unfortunately, these things, right? More and more people are willing to do anything to succeed and that we find that everything is a competition and that I'm willing to do anything to get ahead of other people. And success is defined as that which will satisfy my flesh, right? What will satisfy me? What will satisfy me in a very selfish way? That is what I define as success. And what is it that I do to achieve such a thing? I'm willing to do anything. First John chapter 2, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So when we are so fixated on these things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, this is not at all how a Christian should, should, should live. And it should not be our, our goal, should not be our aim, it should not be our desire. When we seek this, we, are, we, are, we become blinded. We become blinded to what is actually important. All we seek after is what my senses desire, what my flesh desires. This is what the way that the world lives, because the world has no higher aspiration. The world has no 
higher worldview. There is nothing more than simply what satisfies our flesh according to the world system. But we as Christians, according to the system of God, we know that there is something greater. This should not be what drives us. This should not be what makes us tick, what makes us get up in the morning. It's because I, my desire to please myself in some way. Instead, it should be the greater goals that Christ has called us to live by. The fifth uh, reason uh, for the blindness is false wisdom. False wisdom. Proverbs 26, 12, it says, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than him. Someone who is wise in his own eyes. And what are we in our society if not wise in our own eyes? We see ourselves very wise in our own eyes. We believe ourselves to be self-enlightened because we believe that we have all the answers. And we believe that every answer is attainable and that we are as, as, a, as a race, as a human race, can, can, can solve any problem and that there is nothing that we cannot do and that we are, are morally superior, okay? We have this false wisdom. We speak with such certainties about the world around us. Even it's a, it, it amazes me even like when we watch the news, for instance, about COVID. Everybody wants to think that they have the answer. Everybody thinks that they know what is gonna happen in the future, and everyone contradicts everyone else, right? You, you, don't, you don't see that there's a sense of humility in the way that we speak about things. Everything is a certainty. Everything I speak about, I say, this is what is gonna happen, or this is why this has happened, or this is what you must do, or this is why you shouldn't do this. And even though we contradict one another, everybody has a different opinion, and yet everyone is operating by the sense of false wisdom. I, I, I even accuse others who don't have the same opinion as I have because I believe myself to be the one with the greatest wisdom. If we are so enlightened, and if we are so advanced, then why is there so much misery in the world? Why is there so much loneliness in the world? Why is there so much anger and hatred in the world? You would imagine that our enlightenment would have been enough to conquer all these things, if truly we are enlightened. But maybe at no other time in, in human history has there been more hatred, right, than, it, than we have now, just in general, uh, everywhere. Right? So this is the, the false wisdom. We believe that we know how to live. Right? The world believes that it knows how to live, but it is living in darkness. It is away from God. There is no light. They, they, they believe that they can find uh, uh, the kind of purpose and, and the truth apart from God, and this has failed. Um, the sixth reason of blindness is wrong counsel. Who is it that is the counsel that we go to? Who is it that we go to for advice? Who is it that we, we listen to, right? Who are those with the loudest voices in the world? The celebrities, the politicians, the rich. Those people with the loudest voices that have the biggest megaphones are the ones that are the most influential. Those are the ones who speak to the widest range of audience, and those are the ones whom a lot of people will listen to. Are these the ones with the moral standard that we want to live by? Are these the ones that have the lifestyle that I want to emulate? Are these the ones with the belief system that I want to adopt? The ones with the, with the loudest voices, the ones with the greatest resources, the ones who um, are the richest, the wealthiest, the most powerful. Are these the ones that I want to listen to? This is, this is, these are the ones who drive the world. They're the ones who lead for others to follow. Are these the voices when we turn on the TV? When we go on online, are these the voices of the people that I will attach myself to, that I will follow them because they are successful in, in and of themselves? In Colossians 2 verse 8, it says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit 
according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. These people are leading us in the wrong direction. These people are, are leading us to darkness and to destruction because they lead us to a godless place, to a place where there is no God, to a place where we elevate human understanding and human pride above everything else, not with a sense of humility, not with a sense of that we are in need of anything, but that we are self-sufficient in and of ourselves. This is where they are leading us. So the world becomes blinded through this wrong counsel, through listening to the wrong people, the last reason uh, of uh, blindness I want to speak about is fleeing the light of truth. Fleeing the light of truth. The final act of blindness is to, is to flee. Maybe, maybe I begin to see that there are some sources of light. Maybe when I read the Bible, I see there is some source of light. Maybe when I listen to someone who is truly wise, I see there is some source of light. But then it convicts me. Because it tells me that the way that I'm currently living, there's something wrong with it. There's something that I need to change in it when I read the Bible, when I listen to a sermon. There's something that I'm doing wrong. There's something that I need to change. And then it is up to us to make this decision. Do I want to continue to live in darkness or do I want to see the light and go toward the light and change my life? The blind man that we read about today in the gospel, he knew that he was blind. And because of that, he embraced the healing of Christ. But the Pharisees rejected this healing. The Pharisees did not believe that they were blind. They were very proud of themselves for what they have accomplished, for what they did, for who they were, for the authority that they had. So they were completely rejecting of Christ from the beginning. In our society, God has been completely ejected from the civil discourse. There is, there is no mention of him except in a, in, in a, in a mocking way. And to those who believe in him, who are mocked and insulted. So when we look at how is it that we want to live in the world, and who is it that we want to listen to, do we look to those people who are blind? Do we look to those people who have all these various reasons to be blinded? They have the wrong goals, they have a false wisdom, they seek the wrong counsel, they, um, they, they, they set their own moral standard in everything that we've said. Or do we look to the Lord? Okay? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. This is the world that we live. The time has come when people will not endure sound doctrine. If we try to tell people the truth, they don't want to hear. They don't want to listen. So in the end, I would say the reason that we got to this point as a society is because of each individual, because of each individual. How do we solve a problem like this? Is, the, is, the, is, the, is solving this general blindness in society, it is, it, is it through activism? Is it through voting and democracy? Is it through making awareness? Maybe all those things can be helpful, but the real problem is an individual problem. Each of us as individuals to be deceived. Each of us as individuals to be blinded. When you have enough people in a society to become blinded, then the society as a whole is now blind, right? But if you have enough people who are enlightened, and those people who are enlightened are the leaders, those people who are enlightened are the ones that direct and guide and, 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 and take people from a place of blindness to a place of light, then the whole society is enlightened, and the whole society is full of light. So I'd say what Christ calls us for as individuals and as a church is to be enlightened, is to be able to see 
is to be able to open our eyes and see the truth, to accept the truth, to walk toward the light and not to walk away from the light. And the first step is to admit as the blind man that we have blindness, that we have darkness, that there's something that I'm not living in the right way, that I'm not doing in the right way, and to accept from the Lord the healing just as the blind man received healing. So then may God cast away from us all darkness and all blindness and allow us to see ourselves both for our own salvation and for the salvation of the world. And glory be to God forever. Amen.